Welcome to the Big Stomp, the Bunkerzilla radio show that roars at the latest stories and discussions in geek culture today. So, what are we waiting for? Let's start stomping. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Twitch here at Bunkerzilla or Bunkerzilla UK at Twitch. And it is, of course, Tuesday night. And don't adjust your TV sets. You are watching the right show. This is the Big Storm, but it is Host Rules. I'm your host today, Ian Bolton. And the name of the game is talking about the latest going ons in the world of geek and pop culture. And as always, I have guests to join me on this great adventure. Let's bring them in now. So, first and foremost, we have our reigning quiz smash champion it is of course charlotte hello charlotte how are you doing hello i'm good thank you how are you i am doing lovely is this your first time on a big stomp um this one i think i think i did one way back in the day way, way back in the in in the pre-twitch way days the probably, day. probably around it that pre. i think every i think everyone tonight <laughs> had been on a big stomp in some way or form. it's just when did they first? Do? Yeah, I seem to. I think I've come up with topics for the 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 one where you bring your topic. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I've come up with topics for that. Ah, oh, cool. But yes. lovely to have you always. We also <laughs> have the delightful Harriet. Hello, Harriet. You've moved from, over to Big Stomp. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yes. <laughs> Ah, good, good, good. And uh, it wouldn't be a big stomp without him. It is, of course, in a guest seat today. It is the Raggedy Man. Hello. Hello. Greetings from the Super Fortress. <laughs> is it weird being on the other side today? Mm. Well, I'll just, uh, I, I'm basically planning on just seeing thing, how things go and constantly mentally judging you. Okay. And then afterwards, verbally judging you. So. <laughs> Yeah, but it is the way of life here on the Big Stomp. Um, <laughs> but as, all, as always, we also have our audience. Hello, if you're watching today on Twitch. Do get involved in the conversations. Do let us know your thoughts about the topics that we are going to be talking about and discussing. And yes, get involved in the conversation. So why don't we get straight on to it? So basically with host rules, the way I'm approaching it is I've gone out and I've I have shortlisted lots of different mini topics and news stories that I think have been very important over the last two weeks since the last episode of Big Stomp. And yeah, we're just going to have a chat about them, see where we go and take it from there. So um, obviously if we talk about news, there is one story that we can't, well, it, it's been one of the big news, especially for comic book and movie fans. And that is, of course, the the sad passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, I think it's about less than two weeks ago. Yes, the uh, the actor died at the age of 43 um, from... Uh, I uh, believe it is colon cancer or bowel cancer or something around those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that it's, it was a very, very big, big loss. And it completely came out of nowhere to be perfectly honest. Um, um, mm-hmm. A credit, a credit to the actor for keeping it kind of stum because he'd obviously didn't want people to kind of fret over obviously his condition, but um, he was first diagnosed with it in 2016. I it might be around That's, the same time as he filmed his very first uh, Marvel role for Civil War. And then you you just have to bear that in mind that for the rest of the Marvel films that he took part in, Avengers, Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, and of course Black Panther, which was the first superhero movie to get a Best Picture Oscar nomination, um, to go through all those roles in that condition is, is staggering. And it just puts a lot of things in a whole different light. Um, any, any any thoughts and obviously reactions to the, to the sad news? 
I mean, I, I first heard about it um, the morning after it happened because, um, funnily enough, I was watching um, I was watching a stream and then someone brought it up in it, and it was only afterwards when that person tweeted about it. I thought, I thought what's going on? I, I mean, that was completely oblivious. You know, waking up, you don't realise what's happened, and then when it, it's it was such a shock because, like you said, he kept it so hidden, and. I mean, I haven't actually seen Black Panther, but I've seen him in the Avengers movie, and I thought he was fantastic. So, uh, but yeah, it was a massive shock to to hear of it when it happened, and just such a great loss as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously I outside, yeah, uh, outside of um, obviously the Marvel films, he's played very uh, he's played real life figures as well. He's played uh, Jackie Robinson in Forty Two. He's played James Brown in Get On Up. So he he's he's really made him made a sort of a big impact as a cultural icon especially as black panther and as someone who has brought these legends of obviously black history to life as well on cinema yeah definitely it, it, sorry it's just i mean i don't have much more to add there are people who say things far more eloquently than i do um mm. but all i could think was just 43 is just no age is it it's just Three is for many of us not that far away from where we are right now and you know you kind of think of when you hear about an actor passing these days it's you know you, you get sad I mean I remember being mortified about Bowie and uh, Alan Rickman but there's something about okay 60 is still not an age it's still not old but to hear someone uh, you know especially somebody who seemed as young and fit as he was to go at 43 after suffering for so long like you say it's just, I don't know, it just seems to make it really unfair. Mm. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm older than he was. So when I got the news, it was just, that was it. That was the day ruined. Um, mm. I can't really think, it, I don't mean this in a negative way, but there, there's not much else to say about about the Chad, Chadwick Bosman thing, because so much has already been said. Mm. He was a phenomenal talent. I know a lot. Of, I'm not going to dismiss the impact of him as the Black Panther, and I'm not going to say he didn't bring his craft to the back Black Panther. But he had just as a raw actor. People who only know him from the Black Panther are absolutely missing out on the guy's chops. He's mm. he was sorry. He was a an amazing actor who was, I don't even know if he was hitting his stride. I'm like, that guy was just getting better, getting his choice of pictures was phenomenal. Um, And then he's just not there. And it's like, wow. It's kind of, see, because he, he sort of made a he made a name for himself doing the, the Jackie Robinson uh, mm. baseball film 42 back in 2013. And it's like, so in a very short time from 2013 all the way to now, he's... He exploded. His, his stock just went up and up with every film. And obviously being a part of Marvel, more lot more eyes are on are on you. And yeah, he, he I think there's still one or two films still to come, um, which he did film before he died. Um, but there was also, I think, one of his last major roles before his passing was The Five Bloods, which was Spike Lee's uh, Vietnam mm. film. Which is which is a good film as well. It's like he is like he has a very small role in it, but it's it makes it smart. It, it is a it is a really good film. But mm. that, that, that's what I mean. I'm 
he's going to be remembered for Black Panther, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that wasn't, you know, he he wasn't close to what he could have been, and that's, mm. um, and yeah, because because the impact of that and people instantly started discussing what's going to happen with Black Panther next. Mm. Uh, and that that is part of the discussion. Uh, yeah. that is a, it kind of, that's a sign of how much impact he had and how much mm-hmm. reverence people held for that role, which he will always be linked to. I have mm-hmm. very firm opinions on it, but mm-hmm. I'm mostly just shocked at him being gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 does, it just seems very... It's like 43 is like, it doesn't feel like it's not the right age at all. To He's younger than me. That's not right. But mm. that's the world. Say la, say la vie, really. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're right as well. I mean, the conversations about what Marvel Studios do moving forward, it, it needs to happen. Um, there was something in very poor taste about like three or four hours straight after. Uh, of Bozeman's passing. I think, um, yeah, there was a publication that decided to go. Well, what happens now that he's died? Is like, well, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if that's in bad taste because that's a serious question. Because the the impact he had, the impact that yeah. role had, um, the change that role made. Because I mean, I know, I know, there's all those. There's been a huge number of pictures of, of um, like African American kids um, doing like farewell ceremonies to the Black Panther. You know, this is like in the, in the modern age, this is the first outright superhero, black black superhero, if wish for a better phrase, on that scale. Mm. But there's also been a huge amount of of non-black kids doing the same thing, and that to me is huge because that's kids who aren't black going i can totally revere this 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 black character mm. and that is huge that is that those kids are going to grow up going yeah so you're black so what you know what do you like you know just as, as holding everyone to that standard um but i do think the question needs to be asked because it's like well do you replace him what do you do if you don't replace him who then becomes the black panther that has a lot to do yeah. with that role and the impact mm. yeah of his death, so I don't. I don't think it's bad taste to start asking those questions. I, I yeah, think it I can think, be asked in a distasteful way. Yeah, I think for the people who are still kind of reeling with, let us just accept because, like you say, it came out of nowhere. It's not like hmm. we were aware that he was poorly and this was a possibility. It was just like boom, he's gone. So, but I kind of understand where people were maybe coming from because I think there was a worry that this could be used as a way of sidelining those characters again and putting them back into obscurity, whereas they've just managed to get to the point where, yes, like you were saying, this has had huge cultural impact, massive impact. And I think some people were worried that this would be an excuse for certain people within the industry to go, oh, well, that's a shit. Well, let's not make any of those then. Because um, we don't want to, we don't want to offend his memory, so we won't make any more. Mm. Which is not the way to do it. I have seen no. a very good uh, story going around that saying that they they don't think that Black Panther should be replaced. Is in they get another character to play, uh, another actor to play the character that mm. Chadwick Absolutely. Boseman played, Absolutely. but instead having his sister inherit the yeah, character, yeah. as would naturally progress in 
you know, like how there is now a female Thor because mm. of mm. how the, the snap progressed. Not going to get into the whole uh, people that seem to be very, very upset about the fact that females are allowed to be superheroes now. Because apparently it's a new thing that 2020 is just allowing. Um, but I'm not getting into that. But so, I, I, yeah, I see where you're coming from, Andrew. I think there, it's good that some people are asking that question, yeah. but maybe on the other side of the fence, some people thought, okay, yeah, it is an important question, but can we just breathe? Because oh, yeah. this is something that has taken us yeah. by, by, you know, sidelined. I, yeah. Intellectually, I can get why people went into that because the the whole the the whole I mean, it blew up it was the you couldn't go anywhere especially if you're in the nerd in the nerd culture world that was the topic for the day mm. so mm. when the topic topic for the day is so monolithic you get clicks and you get discussion by going off the core topic mm. so it's it's a it's a tricky one but then again Fans were asking that straight away. And I think, and I'm going to take that in a positive light because it is, oh mm. my God, he, Chadwick's gone. That is mm. terrible. And then your next thought is, oh my God, the Black Panther, what are they going to do to him? Because that, the Black Panther meant more to people than Chadwick did because they knew the Black Panther. They didn't know Chadwick because Chadwick Bosman, wonderful chap, never knew him. Black Panther, well, I've seen the inner workings of his soul. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, mm. I'm not not going to pretend it hit me on a personal level because I never knew the guy, but it still sucked massively. Mm. Mm. It's a complicated yeah, situation. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's a conversation that Marvel does need to have. I think they, they had positioned Black Panther 2 mm. to be out at some point, 21, 22. Um, obviously... That I'm happen at this right now. I hope it goes ahead. I'll be really upset yeah. if Black, Black Panther 2 doesn't come through, but I have the people involved in it now are going to have so much pressure on them mm. because Black, Black Panther was a dump movie. Black Panther came out in the dump slot. Um, it and it massively outperformed expectations. It was a phenomenon. It came out of nowhere, effectively. I know it was a Marvel movie, but it was in that... It was out the same time as Alita and all the other, let's just contractually, obligation release. And it absolutely mm. blew up. And the people now, you know, it became a phenomenon and people were like, okay, well, we can do two and we can project, progress the story because the whole thing hinges on Chadwick Bosman in their, in their mind. They're now going to have to replicate that without him and have the same effect. So for the people making it, yeah, I'm happy. Take it, take a year, take two years, take whatever time you want. Make sure you make it, but please land it because you're going to have so much. And I expect, I respect the fact they're going to have so much pressure on their shoulders for it. I was yeah. just going to say, it, I think it doesn't matter what decision Marvel makes. Someone's going to see the bad of it and they're going to disagree with it anyway. Oh, loads of people went mental because there was a black guy being a superhero, and my entire response to them is "fuck off." Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Um, I loved the fact I saw someone that wasn't me on the screen. I'm, I'm a cis white middle class male. I am bored of all the stories about me. Fuck them. I want to hear about someone else. 
Obviously, not also, yeah, but yeah, um, just having a quick look in chat, just briefly. Uh, Loco is great, Loco is great, even the people who he worked with in Marvel were in shocks about it since they didn't know either. So, it, 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 yeah, his condition was pretty close to his chest, but again, the the, the outpouring of 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 love and and memories mm. from in the news was really good. I think one of the classiest moves was from DC Comics, mm. DC, yeah, DC, DC saluted Black Panther as well, and that, and I mean. For for warring, well, potentially warring comic book brands, it's mm. it's a it's a nice gesture and a nice professional. That, mm. This this is what people often forget. The two the the two comics have a huge history, a long standing history of doing this, because yes, they're competing companies, but also they're people and they're not asses. So mm. it was lovely they did it, but they they've done it before, mm. which is not to take away from it. Cool. All right. We will move on to our next little mini subject. We're going to stay with movies for a little bit because uh, the next one is we're, lo- we're looking at what's currently happening in cinema now. Let's move over to the wonderful world of Christopher Nolan and Tenant to talk about the box office. Now, obviously, Tenant's had uh, a bit of a bumpy road, like most films, to get to the cinema. And it eventually did come out uh, about a couple of weeks ago in the UK. It's just come out in America. And Obviously, the big question is, is this a film that will get people out and to cinemas? Uh, in the UK for its first weekend, it made £5.4 million. Uh, the first figures from the American box office have come through. Uh, Tents made about £20 million for its US opening. Uh, currently set at £150 million total gross. Uh, the current UK box office is over £10 million. Um, so in terms of... In, it, I think the reason I'm kind of looking at this is obviously it's... It's a healthier picture, obviously, for the cinema industry at the moment because uh, a lot of a lot of people were kind of was were just thinking it's best to write off movies for the rest of the year or just go stream and digital. And mm. we've just had Mulan come out, and uh, people can hear my thoughts about Mulan tomorrow on Film Raw. Um, <laughs> spoiler: they're not good. <laughs> um, that seems to be the theme. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I have no, I, I can, with Mulan, I have no interest in it other than the, it's an experiment, does it work? But I have been hearing so many mixed reviews, as in mm. some people reckon it's the greatest movie ever, some people reckon it's awful. I, yeah, Mulan was always, Mulan is too political for people to, yeah, you know, it, it's going to always get a mixture. Yeah. But, um, Tenant, I think we can say is a going to your question. You know, has the Great Plague killed cinema? Um, can it recover? I think Tenant uh, is a certified maybe because it's the only game in town. It it's it managed to. It's not been a resounding success, and in some places, it was literally what the multiplex was screening on multiple screens. Yeah, this. this so, is true. I um, yeah, I don't know how happy they are with the figures there's a bit of me which is it's a bit of hail mayor hail mary mm. um because yeah people kind of like it but i mean that's not it, huge numbers yeah i think obviously if, if cinema's having a normal business period a business environment mm. obviously those numbers look a bit low but i think considering Considering it takes, it's very rare for a UK, for a film at the UK box office to do very well. Um, 
even on a, on a standard weekend. I mean, you'll get the old sort of two million, three million. You'll you'll get a good, healthy box office return if it's a Marvel film, if it's like Pixar or something mm. like that. But again, this is like this is not a franchise movie. This is a temple release. Um, it's it basically it. It is a franchise. It's Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's a franchise. Christopher Nolan movies are huge. So I don't see that as an argument. You know, he is a brand. People go and see Christopher Nolan movies. So I would honestly, I do not think if we weren't in the plague, I think if we weren't in the plague times, I don't think it would, I don't think these numbers would be that that much different because as I said, for a lot of people, this was the cinema experience because this was what was on. So it's not done that great. It's done okay, but I'm just having a quick look yeah, at the just... box office for some of his last films. Because I okay, just had a look at the production okay, okay, okay. Some numbers. of uh, ten, ten, Tenet. 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 It's like David Tenet, Tenet but not no. David Tenet. Tenet. T-E-N-E-T. Tenet. 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 <laughs> anyway, I, I clearly haven't seen it and, and I probably won't. Uh, but I just looked up the production cost was $200 million. So if you took the pandemic out of the equation, it's not great. For I mean, I know that it's the opening weekend, but I don't know. I mean, in the end, the industry is about how much you put in and how much you get out. Yeah. Now, they're probably knowing they're going to operate at a loss because of corona. It's just... And like Andrew was saying, if it's the only film at the cinema, although that might have been... I don't know, a bonus for it because people were just yeah, so that, desperate to get out. It, that's what I'm saying. This, this, was the, this was the big, shiny, you've got to go and see it in the cinema. We can't release it anywhere else because you have to go see it on the screen. It was sci-fi. It was action. It was... This This is a summer movie, so you can go and, and watch it and feel like it's the summertime. And it's, it's on multiple, mm. multiple screens. And it did okay. I've got some numbers for you here. Yeah, because the argument... Sorry. Okay. So, um, so the Inception opening weekend uh, for the I at the moment was sixty two million in the US, and it finished with about two hundred ninety two million domestically for that. Uh, Interstellar had a stronger opening; it opened to one hundred thirty two point six million dollars uh, for worldwide gross. So, with Tenet already at one hundred fifty million worldwide, it's been a bit more successful already than Interstellar. So, okay. oh, so no. for, for Nolan, then that's it's kind of it's it's getting. Yeah. And if it's not two hundred million, it's fifty million off. So mm. I, I I just yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's done okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that this film has been used as a bit of a, a thing against Mulan because people are arguing, like you said, uh, Ian. It's uh, or sorry, um, it's a film for the cinema. You know, it's big, it's budget, it's almost wow. Whereas people are saying that Mulan should have had the same treatment because a lot of people are saying that you, it, it just doesn't get the same effect as being on because I think it was released on Disney. Plus? Yeah, it's only on yeah. Disney Plus at the moment. Yeah, and people are saying that they've stopped short because it's such this big sweeping epic that it should have been out in the cinema. And why was Tenet released in the cinema and Mulan wasn't when they're both kind of big visual heavy films? Yeah, the. Because Nolan's stubborn and said you've got to release it in cinema because he had fi- he had some ridiculous final stuff in his contracts. 
Like, oh, yeah, Nolan's it's yeah. I mean, Nolan's going to get a say because he's golden yeah. boy at the moment. And considering, yeah, considering the amount of money he made from the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Warner Brothers are just happy. Uh, they'll just keep if he just wants to if he wants to do random films. I want to do a two-hour film about a man eating yeah. a sandwich. They'll bring it and they'll give him $300 million for it. Yeah. Because I mean, he, they know at the moment he will bring some of that money back. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of going slightly off topic towards Mulan, the issue I have with Mulan generally is that UK cinemas are generally open now. And, and of course, people should only go out if they feel safe to do so and so forth. And when I've been going to the cinema, I've been taking every precaution, obviously the face mask is obviously mandatory, uh, sanitizers, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, but with UK cinemas being open, I, I cannot fathom in my mind why Disney couldn't just try it on Disney plus and also send it to UK cinemas at the same time, mm. because it's kind of mm. like it, it is, it is technically counter-programming when you're going against like a big, and it is, it is Mel led, Mel led action blockbuster tenant. And you have Mulan, which is a nice, which is on the surface, a cultural film. Obviously it's a female lead as well. And one of my and female director and female director and one of my big issues with this decision is like it doesn't give a good message when you're trying to be positive about diversity because mm-hmm. it's like this is a female-led uh historical action adventure um chinese cast and all that sort of stuff and you're relegating it to a small tv they mm-hmm. the, the reason they gave is that they are literally doing it as an experiment to see what mm-hmm. the market is like they have basically whether the the official reason they have given make about what you will mm. is rather than delay it, which was their initial reaction, um, they decided as it was the next big Disney. They're they're literally trying the waters to see if they can beat more money out of the Disney Plus pinata because this way they get they don't have to play the the cinema's shit. Um, so that that's mm. that's why they did it, uh, which to a great degree, because doing so really pissed off the cinemas. It did. Um, I think that shows confidence in the film. I think that shows confidence in the product you have because you don't decide to piss off the people that will make you money if you've got it wrong with something that isn't that you don't think is going to shit shit money like the greased golden goose. Mm. To a point, but then I would also argue, do you think they would have done the same if it had been the Beauty and the Beast remake? You know, a big name star, know. you know, a musical, pretty... more Disney. Mulan would they is the thing? pretty big. Mulan was their big summer release. This was the one that they were hoping to pack the cinemas in before the kids returned to school. So you can't say they weren't gunning for it. I think Honestly, I think they re- they they, oh, no. they went with it because they wanted to see what their big summer release would do on this new format. Mm. Mm. I think for for certain films, and, we, and I think we have talked about on Big Stomp and in other other forms of Bunkerzilla products, um, there have been there have been decent successes going to digital straight away. Trolls World Tour was one of them, um, but then it's like the the issue is is like. I think for some people, they might be a bit indifferent because obviously it's Mulan, but it's when you turn the tables on two different films. So what if Black Widow doesn't get its cinema release and goes straight to Disney Plus? That's a, What would you guys mm. think if that was the case? 
Um, I'd think if that happens, I'd think that the Moonland experiment worked. That, I, I think Dis, I, honestly, I think Disney are just going right. Well, we've seen how cap, you know, how much people like home entertainment. We know everyone's staying home because of the plague. Let's roll the dice, see what we get. Okay. Any Possibly, yeah. I suppose I just think about more about accessibility. Like, I don't have Disney Plus, and I have no desire to get it. I'm not going to get it just for a few films. But if it was at the cinema, I've got the choice. So I know people would say, oh, well, you could pay for the film at home. But if I'm going to the cinema, I want the cinema experience, and that's why I pay to go to the cinema. Oh, so great. I wouldn't pay to watch it at home. I'd be like, oh, I'll wait for the I'll wait for DVD or if, if I'm that bothered. Um, so, and there's going to be a lot of people who are just immediately on that barrier of signing up to Disney plus, they'll just be, I don't want to sign in. I don't want to sign up to something. I just want to pay a one-off whether or not you can do that. I don't know. Um, but I think the mentality is that you can do, um, yeah, it still involves like, it sounds like a lot more brain work than just buying a cinema ticket. Yeah, the, um, the other thing to remember is Mulan's going to be out for free on Disney Plus eventually. So what December people 4th. are what what December fourth is when it arrives. For yeah, Friday. what people are essentially buying is early access. Mm. But mm. then Disney have said that all their cinema releases are going to be ending up on Disney Plus. Yeah. So I think, I think it's an experiment in their new for, in their new format. Mm. Oh. Um, so we've got a comment from uh, Local is Great again. Um, they think uh, they say they think it could damage jobs if they move more of their big movies over to Disney Plus. Yeah, so it's a possibility. I mean, it, it does render cinemas obsolete to a sense, or basically, yeah. um, I'm not sure how the conversation was, but the the thought process is multiplexes might phase out, and then it's still you still have independent cinema to a degree but then most of these big blockbusters are now just going straight to streaming. So it, it's very it's very kind of choppy waters, the, I guess. For me, the big question is, will Mulan be released for cinemas? See, I was uh, really, hmm. um, My understanding... Harriet? My understanding... No, of, oh, um, no, I was going to say, um, I don't know. It, 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 if it does, if it's successful on Disney+, Plus, would it move to the cinema? I, I don't know. I mean... I was just going. Sorry, it's, sorry, interrupt. Um, I was just going to just chip in on that question. Basically, what Disney have said is, if it's a, if they're able to release it in cinema, they will only do so if the country in question does not have Disney Plus. I I meant afterwards. So uh, no plans. It's Disney Plus all the way. Wow. Okay. Because because so if you think about it from like a, a sorry. I was just thinking from like a maths point of view, because like you buy Disney Plus for your house and you've got six kids, you pay one for the film and all six of your kids and your husband and, you know, your gran can all watch it. Whereas if you go to the cinema, that's like eight tickets, individual yeah. tickets, popcorn, drinks, you know, and I just, there is the this still person, huge industry. You're the first person I've heard argue it that way. Everyone else I've known has been like, I don't want to pay 15 quid for a thing I could see at the at the cinema for a tenner because, you know, they live by themselves. And yeah, no well, it's great them. if you think about yourself, yeah. But if yeah. you're thinking about, like, especially because Disney Plus is for kids, really. 
I mean, I don't think Mulan maybe will be getting the audience that, say, some of the other Disney remakes have had, like Lion King and Beauty and the Beast, because it, it seems to be more grounded in history. That you know, It's not a musical. I don't think there's, there's no. a talking dragon in it. Nope. So it's it's a lot more grounded. So I, there's probably not going to be as much in terms of kids. But if this is the way they're going in the future... They also then have to factor that in is that every time they release a Trolls or a, another Disney film, they're potentially losing that additional revenue. So they must be able to make it up somewhere. They wouldn't be doing it. Well, I, I, again, it's part of their experiment. The one, the one thing I would say about, about it is they're both 12, both movies are 12As. So they are theoretically accessible to the same market. However, I mm. would suggest that if you have got a 12 if you have got a 12a at home that means anyone can watch it and your kid doesn't stamp their feet because they're not 12 so just quick just quickly um before we move on to another topic um so i've actually had a quick look there are some early stats about Disney Plus over Mulan release weekend. Delicious. Uh, the Disney app, Plus app spiked 68% on its first weekend on the platform. It's slightly lower than Hamilton's download spike of 79. Hamilton came out in July. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're already, it seems like there has been an interest there. So, again, it's like mm. that's thing is the Hamilton was you subscribed, you got Hamilton. That's this is you subscribe. You then pay for Mulan. You get Mulan. Yeah. So that is that's showing it works mm. potentially. My 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 thought process. I think I, I do mention this briefly tomorrow on Film World. But the whole thing with the Premier Access thing. I kind of like the idea behind Premier Access, but rather per film, why don't they just do it like for extra? You'll be able to see Disney releases as well. The new brand new Disney releases on Disney Plus at the same time they release at cinema. Now, if they were to do that, I would say that's actually not too bad because then you can decide what you go to the cinema for and what you sit and watch but, at home. But that's like why they're doing... System. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's why they're doing the experiment. This is... This is fun. If you view this as market research, it starts making more sense. Hmm. Um, they're using live ammo to test test it because... That's what they have to do. I mean, you got to remember the idea of putting Hamilton on streaming was really, really weird, and then they did it. So th this is this is just market research with massive movers. You know, it's two hundred million dollar roll of the dice. I wouldn't want to be the person who's got to do the maths on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the big. I think the big issue. Team. Um, the article I'm just reading now, I think one of the, the big difficulties I think movie studios are going to have to figure out with this sort of approach to doing streaming only sometimes is how do you work out the metrics if it's successful or not, especially if you're paying, paying. But then again, Netflix have been able to kind of figure it out if they've said nearly 99 million households watched Chris Hemsworth in Extraction earlier in the year. They, they know they know exactly, they know what you've watched mm. and they'll, they'll pull it from there. They, the, the data they've got you got to remember, these are the people who greenlight things like uh, anything by Adam Sandler in the last five years uh, because they know you'll watch it. They know what you actually watch. Mm. And they, so yeah, they know 
what's going on. Mm. So, you know. Cool. Uh, Okie dokie. So let's move on to our next little topic. Uh, Two seconds. Uh, I believe Charlotte's just going to have a quick little break. We'll just take away from the stream for a second. There we go. Um, So uh, we are going... We are going to uh, move over to chat all about multiplayer games and one multiplayer game in particular. Let's talk about Four Guys. Yay! Or, or the wonderful thing of multiplayer game issues at launch. Uh, so uh, the, the story behind this, obviously, is Four Guys came out last month. Huge. Absolutely huge. Streamers, YouTubers, everyone, everyone was raving about it. Game launches on August 4th on PlayStation Plus for free and on PC Steam for about $14.99. And there are obviously server issues. And obviously, some people, it's very understandable. People will go, oh, yeah, that, you kind of get, it's that fine balance. Some people understand, yes, it's a big game. They, they haven't expected it to be this popular. I mean, if anyone, I think if anyone who knows their video games well, sat and went, you know what? A fun little homage to Takeshi's Castle is going to be one of the most popular games of the summer. <laughs> People probably would have laughed. Um, <laughs> but obviously, the game, the game launches, it's way popular than anyone imagines, and obviously server issues. I think for at least the first week, it was very hard to get a continuous run of games. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've done a couple of streams of the game here on, on Bunkzilla. I know Harriet's done a couple of streams as well, yeah. uh, trying to play along on... on uh, on PlayStation Plus, and let's bring in Sean. It's a fun little mental game. It, it's adorable. It's adorable. I love it. Um, so yeah, with with all guys being as popular, I think it's kind of this is kind of like the norm. You, you should expect multiplayer game issue. You should expect server issues at launch if it's especially this popular. It just seems it seems a little harsh for people to bring out the pickaxes and say, "How dare you not have this game ready for launch?" Right? This game is broken. Launch. It's like. That, we didn't know. <laughs> that, that's, because, that's because all these people have the one bit of QA equipment that should be issued as standard to the games industry, 2020 hindsight, because they all knew that when they finally heard about it, it was going to be huge. Um, mm. And when they and all their 20 mates who only just, yeah, shit happens, get over it. You can do things to mitigate it, but... Mm. Um, this, having worked in the multiplayer game industry, you don't know what the hell's going to happen until you hit launch, um, frankly. Yeah. And anyone who's like, oh, it's got bugs in it. It's like, yeah, well, we have a QA staff of 20 people. They managed to pull 10 hours a day for a year QAing it. We then turned the game on and you all, and, you know, and in the first hour, the player base had managed to do a hundred times more that QA. It's what multiplayer games are like. It's been happening since the dawn of time. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like the, you know, I think there, some people were expecting the same thing as like one of the AAA games. Like I know Red Dead got a lot of stick about, you know, you've, you've worked on this game for years. You've had people working around the clock. There's still stuff that's broken with it. And I can kind of see what they're saying. I I don't think you should release a game knowing it's going to be broken, especially when people are paying like 60-odd quid or more for it. And then you basically basically say, oh, we just wanted to check. Oh, oh, we'll fix that. And it's like, well, you kind of knew that there was going to be problems. That's a different, whole different argument. Oh, yeah. This is 
a game with little Tic Tacs who run around and bump each other and they look like Tic Tacs. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's, it's multi, it's worldwide. Like you say, it took off. And I've just noticed a lot of people are talking about the hackers in the chat. Yeah. Uh, Leo is great and Larry the Fuzzy. Again, how are you supposed to predict that a load of people would suddenly think, oh, this looks like a fun game that everyone's having fun. I think I'm going to try and ruin it. Because I oh no that that is that is stand, no that is totally predictable that is mm-hmm. standard <laughs> gaming one hundred and one as soon as there is a game it, people it. will hack it yeah for many reasons it, it, but you know that's going to happen be able to predict that how you know they hack you have to fix it you're not always going to be able to predict how they're going to hack or what they're going to hack and mm-hmm. yeah there's there's problems but in the end I mean this isn't some game that. You know, I don't want to sound horrible because it is a really brilliant game and I love watching people play it. But it's not like a Mensa test, is it? It's a bit of fun. <laughs> uh, depends if you play you know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, Maybe on the memory game. Speaking, oh, speaking of someone it who is definitely not a member of Mensa and who is awful at that game, it's it's not easy. It's, I, oh, I, no, I'm not I, saying it's like a dumb game. No, no, no. But, I totally... Yeah. I totally agree with you. I just think it's, I would just say it's how the games respond to these things that is more important than mm. them being there. Yeah. Hackers, yeah, they're an absolute pain in the ass, but they're also an inevitability. The thing that isn't an inevitability mm. is how the company that made the game reacts to the hackers. That's mm. yeah. where the issues come in. Um, from from my experience, I mean, I've, I've played a couple of games where there has been a hacker, um, one of the one of the best things is um, that happened is people realised we were playing the egg game, the egg basket game, team game, and one mm. player was just picking up an egg and just going up, like floating right up into the air, <laughs> and then just coming back down onto their their basket, oh, and, and then all the players, including his own teammates, went no, and they all kind of flopped and bombarded him. <laughs> And kind of went, no, no, you're not going anywhere. You stay right oh here. Like, God, not going to anywhere, that is glorious. I'm, I'm not be showing my age here because I've got to ask this question because I'm a gamer. I love gaming. I mm. game lots. So I can usually understand the mentality of most gamers, but I don't understand the, the achievement feeling of hacking a game like this. Yeah. You know, it, it is, you are literally doing it to piss other people off. That is yes. it. And, yes. and to me, then that's just like, okay, you're not even trying to do it to win. It's not like you're hacking because you want to be the best. You're doing it because you just want to piss off a load of people on the internet, it, which I'm a bit I, like... I can explain the mentality to you if you want. <laughs> you can give it if, a go, you, yeah. Okay, right. So number one, um, one of the big reasons people come up with hacks is... Um, the challenge. It is literally the, the the finding, the creating, the going through, the finding the glitch and the finding of the exploit or the writing of the code that will um, uh, let people hack, that will let that will that will let people hack, that will let people use the game in an unexpected manage. There is the pure intellectual challenge of that. Okay, that's that's number one. Um, number two, when you the people who are using the hacks, the reasons they will do it um number one pissing other people off that is you know just literally being able to do something other people can't and reckoning wrecking their day that is one of the big reasons um another big reason is for 
getting the achievements, getting the stats, boosting your way through. Um, so you you get they will get the thrill of the completion. Um, they don't get it as long, they don't get it as hard, but they do get a, they do they get a cheap thrill of it. Uh, number three, especially if you have a game which is gated in any way, it's normally just to save time because they basically they don't like the grind. They don't want to do all the noob stuff. They want to go straight to the final chapter of the movie. That will be the big reason for it. Number four, if you've got any manner of game that can be microtransacted, where people can, if it's got any in-game coinage, if it's got trinkets mm-hmm. you can exchange, if um, there's, if people, you know, again, if you've got the the gating, if there's a desire to own higher level accounts, so that people give money. It's purely people will do it purely just to get the stats, so that they can then make the exchanges and make money off it. So those those are the the big psychological yeah. reasons people do it. Um, I'm not endorsing kind of any of those, but those are the big reasons <laughs> reasons people do it. Just to quickly, I think the reason why the hacking for four guys just seems a bit weird for me, or just alien. It's like it's just like why. Obviously, you, you mentioned those points there, and some of those points are probably true. Some of the some of the hackers are there. It's like this is a game where you don't get anything that helps you win a game through the through the reward system. You just get costumes and mm. color schemes and and little emotes. That's all you do. You don't have like a super powerful gun for something like Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, but, but having all having all those emotes, having all those um, costumes, having all all those bits of complete which is some someone somewhere is going to go yeah i want all of them but i don't want to gr- put in however many thousands of hours of grind i'd normally have to i want to have it their sense of achievement is getting those items and they want to get them um again not really this is, it's not I, hey i'm i'm not endorsing this i'm just saying <laughs> oh, no, i know i know i'm I yeah. keep hearing my gran yeah. in my head saying, well, if you have to cheat, you didn't achieve, did you? <laughs> you know, like, if you cheated, then you didn't get it. You, it doesn't count. But you did so, get it. But that's you the did. thing. You you <laughs> did. No, they they have literally got it. And they've literally yeah. got it there. And that looks cool. And they get to feel shiny. Uh, uh, Loco is great. He's picked out another uh, issue that popped up the game, and it's it's definitely frustrating for me, but because I play it as a, a, a PC, is mm. uh, is custom usernames were removed due to people writing code that could delete other people's game libraries. What the hell? What? I didn't I know that was true. Rude names. I thought it was because of rude names. Do you mean they were literally able to remove? games from their steam library or they were just able to remove them off the hard drive can you please we're going to have a bit of a 15 second lag on this but if leoko could please confirm leoko he was our first subscriber so big shouts that's mental off the hard drives okay thank god that's only a massive security breach oh jeez! because if they can get the game what else could they get Oh exactly. my good lord! Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I, the, I honestly the, thought it's because people put in swear words in. That's what I thought. Oh, that's just standard. Well, no, because also with the um, also at the end of each round, when you see the beans that get eliminated and and punted off mm. into, back down to falling, um, some people have kind of managed to code it so their names took up the entire screen. Uh, <laughs> so kind of like, look at my name! Look oh, how big yeah. it is! It's one letter. It's a B. <laughs> <laughs> like my penis. 
<laughs> I, I kind of. I think no, Harriet <laughs> Harriet's current uh, giggle fit explains why people do that. If anyone's yeah. after the psychology of it, yeah, uh, because yeah, get a laugh out of it, yeah. <laughs> they get a laugh of it. That's I, the, the, you've also got the mentality that they don't think it harms anyone. So, mm. Mm. And, and to be fair, I mean, I say like I'm being really highbrow at cheating, but when I see a swear word in something, I will giggle like a child. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think somebody all guy something or other, and it was very rude. And I thought that's why they they'd done it. I had absolutely no idea. Uh, AI wants to play games. I said, well, was there a code injection? So, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's this is gonna not be... my intelligence, but um, that's yeah. nuts. You may have to look a little bit further into that, so it might, it might be post-show analysis. Yeah. Well, no, if you're coming off a PC, it's not that it shouldn't be that hard to do a code in- injection. Yeah. But again, though, the issue is not that these things were found because, y- you know, you're talk- it, it, it's, it's the same principle as any other kind of computer security. You cannot make a system inv- invulnerable. Someone will always come up with a way of getting through. So it's not about the strength of defense. It's about the depth of defense. It's what you yeah. do to mitigate the issues. Um, it's, in the, you know, as I said earlier, it every game goes wrong. Every game's got glitches. Every game's got problems. The question is, how does the company react to it? That is the, the thing players should be concerned about. Admittedly, if you've got someone like EA or Blizzard or people who, who've been churning stuff out for years and it's essentially a reskin, if they release it and it's absolute pile of crap, then that's a different issue. But for something like this, which, I mean, who the hell heard of Mediatronic until like a week ago? Yeah. Mm. Um, just quickly before we carry on, a uh, big shout out to Tresic, who has just followed us. Hello, welcome. To the Hi, Tresic. Welcome to the Hope start. enjoying the show. Don't forget, you can also subscribe to the channel and you'll be able to do a Bunkerzilla Roar. And I know a couple of our subscribers are in the channel, so they'll be able to show off what a Roar is. is God, uh, you're not going to ask me to do that again, are you? What? Yeah, there you go. Hey, yeah. See? Roaring. Ranking man's roaring. Hello. Welcome to the fun, Tresic. So, um, yeah, I think in their stride, Mediatonic have done pretty well in yeah. terms of in handling their sort of community because their their twitter feeds usually quite a good laugh to be honest because <laughs> they'll be, be talking about people doing different fan arts and sort of like weird strange like what's actually underneath the bean costume <laughs> real strange things but i do not i would not want to be the person who had to moderate that thread <laughs> No, they, no. It's like they'll they'll respond they'll respond to things they know they feel comfortable about doing. Yeah. But it's like one of the cool things they did over, um, I think the the launch month is they had an auction on Twitter where they sort of said we will create a custom skin for any any company any brand who bids the highest. I think the highest bid was about a million dollars. That's all going to charity, isn't it? That is going to special effects. And I think it was a combination. I can't remember who, but I know Ninja was involved there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is really cool that it's all like, there's there's a nice little community for four guys as well. I like the look of season two. Season two is all about Vikings. And then yes, I'm looking forward to <laughs> the, the format. The format of it has absolute legs because all they need to do is each season come up with a new look and mm. a new ridiculously simple game that's a bastard to learn. 
and yeah. the bastard's master. So yeah. 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 I've just had images. Um, Ian, you know what you just said about looking inside the beans? Does yeah. anyone remember? I was going to go slightly off topic, but now because I can't get it out of my head. Does anybody remember when someone did the internal images of the characters from Cars? Yeah. What that they was would horrific. Look like I have with all their internal that. organs. I've just got that in my head now of these beans, do, but like what they look like inside. <laughs> I'll find if you them for you. Nightmare they're fuel, proper they're, I mean, they're brilliant. Fuel. They are brilliant, <laughs> but they're also horrifying. I've just seen on the Fall Guys Twitter, someone made a birthday cake. Someone yes, made a birthday I've just seen cake. That as well. Hang on, hang on. I, I will get that. I'll get that on screen in a few oh, moments. But it, it, this, it's, it's this, this broadcast is not sponsored by Fall Guys. No, it but is if not. They do want to sponsor us? Then hell yeah, motherfucker, hit us. Yes, up. please. I play that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like level first. I do. Now. I do quite like the, the. There has been a bit, of, quite a bit of a community that's thing. Oh, that's that is amazing. amazing. <laughs> There is a lovely community at the moment. It's a shame it's going to turn yeah. toxic, but oh god, I know. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah fandom ruins everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. but, enjoy uh, it while it lasts, kids. Yeah, enjoy it for now. Yeah, but yeah. In, enjoy, enjoy the final four guys for now before but, things. Uh, Jacko three six zero zero. Their Twitter was noticed by Wendy's too. Yeah, that's because <laughs> Wendy's, Twitter, uh, Wendy's Twitter noticed everyone. Uh, yeah, Wendy's yeah. is good. Mm. Uh, yeah. But, um, if anyone wants to know, that cake was made. Uh, the image was on Instagram from a Valina Serotic uh, as well. So it, yeah, it's on there. It's on the uh, Four Guys Twitter feed. You'll be able to follow that uh, cake created. It's really, really nice. Um, anyway, right, we're going to carry on with a little bit of the games. Uh, so we're, let, we're, let's let's call our Four Guys uh, love for a little bit. Let's talk all about next gen, shall we? And uh, let's move on to a couple of little tidbits. Look, there's a PlayStation 5, and what's that? That looks like a new Xbox. It oh, is God, a new this, Xbox. This was on Twitter today, and it just pissed me off so much. <laughs> there was basically... Oh, no. I'm sorry, I have to get this one the hell off my chest. In one corner, there were a whole load of people who are uh, devotees of the PlayStation gods, screaming at the top, top of their lungs that anyone who buys an Xbox is an idiot. Uh, and there was all these people who are Xbox devotees screaming at the top of their lungs that anyone who buys the PlayStation is an idiot. And they were all screaming at people who have already made their minds up about their preferred console and aren't going to listen to anyone screaming at them. So I really hope everyone had a good day making the most pointless Twitter thread in history. <laughs> there were good conversations out there. There were decent threads you could jump on, but you had to be there within bloody bang before the the lock went in because then the screaming hordes turned up and just went wah, 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 and I was just get me a gun you horrible shut up it's like Marvel and DC yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we had all at work we 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 had a, a, a chat start and people were saying oh which one do you think and I was kind of like and two of us just said not never made a decision I'll probably just stick with PC quite happy at the moment might see <laughs> No, you got to pick I, one. No, I don't want no. to pick one. No. You don't have to pick one. Pick one. Rules of life. Pick like pick, picking your yeah, favourite child. I like those doing get both, get none. This isn't a question that people should be feeling. They got their backs up to the wall again. Which which unit do you wish to engage in for your for your pastime? Is not a life altering question. 
Yeah, exactly. What what are you going to do? I do wish Xbox had come up with a different naming convention, though, because I must admit I am getting a bit confused. What? (laughs) The Xbox Series. Spin the wheel and knock it. Spin the wheel and knock off early for lunch. Yeah, I I like that naming convention. (laughs) Yeah, Series S, and then there's a Series Y. AMD versus NVIDIA. I'm I'm going to take Larry the Fuzz. just what happened. Larry the Fuzz just brought up AMD versus NVIDIA. I am going to dispute Larry because there are those are tools which you have definable outputs of. So they're a tool that does a thing, so you can actually have a reasonable... Oh, no, he's referring about the screaming nutheads that yell and jump yeah. because one of them comes in a slightly different shade of blue. Mm. <laughs> the, the biggest argument that a lot of people, well, not argument, but a lot of the reason that I know a lot of people are saying I'm not making a decision is because they're waiting for things like the exclusives. Because yeah. Yeah. I know there's talk of a Fable game coming out. Now, if Fable is only going to be Xbox, then I might be more persuaded to go for the Xbox because I'm a big Fable player. They um, and there's know. another one for the PS, and I can't remember the name of it. Exclusive. No, no, these are consoles. You mustn't have reason discourse. You need rampant tribalism. <laughs> oh, God, waiting for the facts. What sort of heathen does that when looking at what they're going to shell 400 quid out on? I, just, yeah, I've, I've ignored... I mean, that's just it. I can't afford one of the new ones. So yeah, that's not going to happen. Just quickly, just to, to, to confirm, Fable is definitely coming to Xbox Series X or S or next gen because they did a teaser trailer for it at the end of their last showcase. Mm. Um, in terms of PlayStation 5 exclusives, you've got the next Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. You've got Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Miles Morales. You've got Ratchet <laughs> Clank coming. So a lot of the familiar properties getting released is with life. Um, Sorry, I just Larry, saw Larry the Fuzzies. Fuzz, Peter Max Virtues at VHS. Again, no, 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 <laughs> no, I, again, these are tools which you can make objective, reasoned discussions about, mm, and you that, can present that was the set very the pros quick. And but I am old enough. I am old enough to remember oh people having arguments in the bloody schoolyard about VHS versus Betamax. So, uh, thank God that preceded Twitter, mate. We used to just <laughs> yell nonsense in each other's face. Okay. but again you this is the thing you can have reason discussions you can have reasons about there are pros and cons that can be put forward and discussed and all that but no one's doing that because they want to scream over a fucking console i mean (laughs) i mean really we need to be talking about how they look like an air conditioner and a speaker i think that's the bigger argument here I like the new designs I, because I both think of they them, look nice. Both of them mm-hmm. just went. We could make a console, or we could not. <laughs> so <laughs> they don't look like consoles, and I love it. These are objets d'art. People just took all the previous years of what must a console look like and went bollocks. That's dull. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. 
Mm. I quite the like the fact, fact that they're that white. Confused. Yeah, yeah, they're they're because really strong. Very dear to dust. Well, it's yeah. just yeah. as soon as the sun comes in through your window, all you can see is the dust, and you're like, oh no, I've got to do that now. It's going to bother me. White won't see it. These Great. are things that are going. <laughs> as long as it plays the games, I want. I'm happy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with Lyco. Yeah. But if you're going to have something that's in pride of place in your lounge, why not make it look great? Mm. Or Do you like the PS like one? a doorbell? I think that looks nice. Mm. <laughs> Just really, I've got a few comments here. We've got uh, obviously latest follower Trisic has uh, has said that. He was there in the in Japan the day Toshiba threw in the towel on the HD DVD. Ironically, he was in the Sony building across the road. Yeah, come by. <laughs> Lovely. But there were some interesting gestures through the window there. Yeah. It's like, like I'm, out of the two formats, I did actually go for HD DVD because it had Xbox support and um, and it was a lot. It was a nicer price point. But yeah, a lot of the studios just kind of went, no, no, we'll go with Blu-ray. So Sony was obviously even Blu-ray and then... The pricing of the Xbox, now that's a bold move. That's pretty pretty cheap. Yeah, 249 for the series. That that, that Mm. is more interesting. That's a reasonable Um, price. But Mm. no one's talking about like the... No one's talking about actual interesting things like the UX or, you know, there's some people talking about um, exclusives but a lot of them are talking about it in really panty-twisting ways rather than, oh, I'll get this because I like it. But yeah. Um, so they anger the, me. They anger me so much. The two stories I, I had regarding this now... <laughs> Sorry, I, I five, um, There was an article on Polygon uh, towards the end of August that that uh, revealed that Ubisoft had said that uh, the PlayStation 5 will not be backwards compatible with PS3, PS2, or PS1. Um and considering a lot of uh, PlayStation older games are now either available through their sort of PlayStation Now digital stream download, the cloud, the cloud platform. Um, yeah, it's a, I think it's kind of... The whole thing of backwards compatibility is that I like it to a degree because you don't have to you don't have to kind of keep... If you can use the, the same console and it, and it still plays the same way in, in that sort of sense. But I think sometimes with the sort of lack of backwards compatibility, it's kind of, well, you've, you've kind of got to keep your old your old console going and alive before in case it, it coughs its last co- it coughs its last game <laughs> falls over. Um, um you want backwards compatibility, get a PC. Sorry, but everyone knows you don't get it with consoles. Yeah, I I think backwards compatibility had its place uh I'm trying to think how to word this. There were games that you had a lot of playability in. Mm. You know, like some of the older Scrolls games and, uh, you know, Final Fantasy games, where it's not just a case of playing the game, it's finished and done. It's you can go back and you can keep playing it. So backwards compatible for certain games was, was great because it was like, oh, I'm, I'm still enjoying this game. I don't want to, you know, I, I, I've got the new console, but I really enjoy this game. So I kind of get that. But I think if we're on PS5 now, and you're complaining that you can't play your PS1 games on it, I think that's pushing it, really. You're asking mm. a bit too much. You know, if you really, really want to go and play the retro games, there are ways in which you can do that. But you I would be, think that it, it should be back on a PS1. 
I mean, backwards compatible with PS4, I I get because there might still be games that you're playing and you're enjoying, and then your PS4 blows up and you I'll get the PS5. Oh well, I can't play any of my games. I would be annoyed, but I wouldn't expect it to play my PS2 games. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I've noticed with Xbox and chat, do correct me if I'm wrong on this one. one of the things with Xbox, and they've been doing this for obviously for Series X, is basically you can buy a game, you can buy one of the upcoming games like Cyberpunk or something like that. And if you move over to a new console, you can upgrade and transfer things across for free. And basically, you don't need to go out and buy the PlayStation 5 version or something like that again or so forth. I think it's something, I think they do something similar to, um, I think they are trying to do something similar for PlayStation. Um, but yeah, the big thing with Xbox is a lot of these games will have this big stick saying optimize for Series X, which means you can play it on the current Xbox One consoles. You can play it on Series S and have a slightly better next-gen experience, or you can carry it over to the big dog, big console thing that they release. Sorry, try not to refer, refer to a console as a wrestler. Sorry, Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> not Roman Reigns. Um, um, and then move it over to, the, to the, the highest tier console and get the full experience. And I think... I think that makes next gen a bit more. It's not it, the way these, the way the both PlayStation and Sony are kind of pushing it out at the moment. It's like next gen is here, but you don't necessarily have to jump on the train just yet. Whereas mm. previous launches, they've always said, this is the next gen. You've got to jump on it right now to yeah. be, be, in, be in the game or something like that. Um, mm. so, well, they've, yeah. hit te- they've hit a technical wall. Everything's. Everything is moving, you know, the, 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 the hard drive system is irrelevant. RAM, you can pretty much ship it out with more RAM than it's ever going to need. The graphics cards, yeah, they're, they're always going to be a bit of a, you know, an, of an overhead. But sound, sod it. You chip to make any, per, you know, to get like 24 or even 52-bit since that's literally a chip. It's... Yeah. So that, and TVs aren't going as new as everyone thought they would. Mm. So um, there's no point keep they they haven't got the technology to keep up with. Blu-rays base a lot of people basically think a lot of very smart people basically think Blu-ray is going to be the last physical media. So why put in anything else? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, looking at, say, the digital versions of these consoles, the Series S and the PlayStation 5 digital, I'm more inclined to get a digital because I I don't necessarily buy a lot of games on on physical media i most of my games i play that the ones i download from the stores so forth mm. it's i'm not that first and as well in terms of a media player well my current xbox the current xbox one x that i have is a 4k blu-ray player i don't need to buy another 4k blu-ray player so if i can mm. at least enjoy a little bit of next gen gaming without having to fork out the additional cost to get another optical drive in my console that's something that i would consider and I, I I think the way I kind of reacted to it on my own personal view this one is like, I like the idea of the price point for Microsoft for the, the Series S. I want to see what PlayStation 5 digital is because out of the two, I'm still kind of leaning towards PlayStation 5. I'll end up getting both eventually. Mm. But essentially essentially at the moment, it's kind of like, I'm more, I'm, I feel more, more drawn to the games and the experiences that PlayStation offer, but... It's kind. Of, it's it, the frustrating thing from a game, especially if you are a console gamer, is it's the game of chicken. Of of basically, <laughs> we've got a console, so have we. Do you want to see the price? 
no. Yeah. No, I want to see your price. No, you can't see our price. We want to see your price. No. Yeah, no, no. And then along comes Nintendo with another Switch or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a great video online that showcases that. It's, it's it, the next Nintendo is the mental one, isn't it? Because yeah, they always they, they always do the mad one that's great, and then they do the mental one that everyone looks at and just goes, "What?" So basically, the Wii, so basically we need the Wii U equivalent of the Switch. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. The Switch is is basically brilliant. Um, oh, yeah. No one saw it coming. It's crazy and it's brilliant. So the next one's probably going to be operated by putting goats in it. I don't, you know, <laughs> three nose switches. It's. I, I'm not going to say what the next Nintendo console is going to be because I haven't had the right drugs today. <laughs> um, we've got a comment here that I'd like to mention. Uh, Lyco, sure. again. We like Lyco. Lyco gives us talking points. Uh, I just don't like the fact that if you lose your account for any reason, all your game licenses go bye-bye. Yeah, no, that's a serious thing with moving to yeah. the digital. Uh, plus, always online. Wonderful theory. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have perfect broadband. Some people don't have broadband. Um, I do have a question about this, and I want to see, because you, you're all gamers, so I want to see if yeah. you agree. I I don't mind having digital games on my PC, because I, I Steam. So yeah. I, they're all digital. Yeah. I don't have any hard copies. But for some reason, I absolutely balk at the idea of not having physical console games. I don't like getting okay. digital games on, on console. I like to go and have, buy the actual physical DVD, uh, you know, same. game, but I don't know why I'm so different between habit. the two because yeah, yeah. it must be habit. It's your habit. Like PC is more secure. I don't know. It's it's going to be pure habit. I think also. Yeah, Leo says you, the same. Yeah, I I think also some of it is because a PC is a more con is something you are in control of. You have more. Mm -hmm. it, it, in my case, I definitely have more control about it because I've put the damn thing together and I've got 100 bells and whistles set up to so it just does whatever I damn well tell it to. Um, I think people are just a bit more worried that someone like Sony or whoever could just do an upload and brick your machine because they're bastards. Mm. Um, because, like with mm. Apple, um, it, it's... And as, and as Lyco says, it's a collector's thing. Um but the collector thing is kind of habit again. Um, you reach a point where you've got so many bits of plastic in your house, you just like digital. Um, but it, it's always this habit. Yeah, it's it, weird. I just wondered if anyone else is the same as to why I've got this line between the two, which um, I, really I there's and, no difference. So. I go and buy comics. I buy physical comics, um, mm. and it would be far easier for me to just read them online. Um, yeah. So I'm exactly the same. I, I want mm. to have the comic. I think for me, it's actually going to the shop and actually buying it and you're actually physically holding your hand the game you've, you've been looking forward it's to for so long. It's just like the psychological, I think, idea of mm. like, oh, I actually have this now. I can go play it. So I'm Well, that's saying, part of the experience. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, mm. when Animal Crossing came out, I think that was the first game I properly downloaded on my Switch and that, it was very strange. Uh, so I've started downloading some games not all i mean i don't have enough room on my playstation to download a lot but it, at least with um i know you can get external memory but I, I don't really game a lot on my playstation so i just kind of stick more to switch and hmm. uh but it's like andrew said it's like 
you, you build up plastics. I mean, I can look beside me and I've got like tons of cases yeah. for Switch games and it's just like, you could easily just download them. It'd be so much easier. But mm. there is the pros and cons of, well, what's going to happen if, um, so to say, like you said, it, it's bricked and then that's it. You've lost all your data. Mm. At least with a, mm. a cartridge, um, you have that. And then with your, I think mm. with your data, you can get it downloaded afterwards. But uh- yeah. Or or in Moonshine, downloading the game doesn't have the same feel to it as having to put it in a disc or cartridge on the console mm-hmm. to be able to play. It is play. It is it is it is. This is what I'm saying. It's it's the experience. It's like I will maintain, and Ian will thoroughly disagree with me. One of the big reasons um, a lot of cinema of cin- people like going to the cinema is the experience. It is the experiential part. Mm-hmm. They're not with 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 sound and with TV screens today you are probably getting to within spitting distance if you're if you're into your stuff of having exactly the same audio and visual experience if you do it at home now considering that cinema is sound and vision that should be exactly the same thing but there is absolutely something about going to the cinema and going to a single place to just watch a film even though you could just sit down on your sofa so it is the experiential thing the, um, people enjoy getting stuff. It gives it a sense of occasion. I think with the with the, the cinema argument, there is, I think if we're not having the cinema it, argument in now, Ian. I know we're not having the cinema <laughs> argument. I mean, it's like your cinema, your point of view. <laughs> yeah, I I am more more in line thinking that yeah, home technologies make film watching a more personal experience at the moment mm. and that's mostly because the the current trend of cinemas is cinemas as much as they are wonderful places to go to the current state of how they handle digital technology digital cinema and stuff like that it gives them an excuse to be extremely lazy in how they present mm. films and so forth and 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 that's that's an experience that's the experience i have from my own personal history of actually being a chief projectionist for about a year in henley it's basically, I, I gave a damn about how the film looks and I go to different cinemas and people, and, and some, and unfortunately some cinemas just don't give that, yeah. don't give a damn about the whole experience. That's why, but, and that's why the home experience feels more, yeah. it's improving and it's I, becoming a lot more of a draw. I, I, I'll be perfectly honest though. One of the most disturbing developments in cinema technology for me was paperless tickets. I want my damn cinema stub. Yeah, I want oh my, my stub to go home with. And and that is the console in the box. That that's the cartridge yeah. in, in the box. That is uh the the lack of the experience. And some people yeah. want the what is technically the superior technology on a number yeah. of levels. And some people, if I'm gonna spend sixty quid on a game, I want a damn box and a disc. Yeah. I must admit, one thing I do miss, and you don't get this now, even with physical, not not to the level you used to, but and anyone who's never experienced this, I, I am deeply sorry that you never got to experience this because people of a certain generation will remember this, is that when you bought your new game and you got it open, you put that disc in and it's downloading or uploading or whatever it is, and you got to read through the booklet. Yeah. The really good yeah. booklet oh, that used God. to give you like lore and characters and art and not just how to play, but all this. And you'd be just sitting there for ages going, yeah, it's, it's okay. And you had something to do while you were waiting yeah. and it was brilliant. I'm and you, you get a new game now and you open it and you're like, oh. There's it's like just a, a picture. flyer or something, <laughs> yeah. and then that's it. And it's, it's like... the DLC code, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I had that. I bought I bought a game 
I can't remember what it was. I bought I bought the game. I was really excited about, excited about it. It turned up in the post. I opened it up, and it was just a bloody Steam code. And I was oh, livid. No. Oh, no. I just blew my... I was just so... What Ruined. the hell is yeah. this? Uh, <laughs> from my point of view, with 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 uh, to answer Charlotte's question more about games, it's like I'm kind of fifty fifty with things because if I can get it for cheap as a download, I don't mind. There are certain games that I probably will go and get. I think the last physical game that I brought was Last of Us Part Two, and that and and I think the whole experience of setting setting that up was a bit of experience. We had the install disc as well as the game disc, which I'd never seen for a PlayStation game in the many years I've owned one. I know they've done it for games like Final Fantasy VII remake and so forth but it was just like opening up and going you have to put this disc in first all right wow. <laughs> i think it does matter on the game because there are certain yeah. games where I, like you say if i got a cheaper digital one i'd be like yeah that's fine because i just want to blast through it mm. but then you know i remember getting skyrim and i remember yeah. like clearing my calendar for the weekend mm. uh, making sure i had the snacks and the drinks mm. in ready uh, i was living with my parents at the time and i was like you're gonna have to leave me alone this weekend. Mm. Um, and, uh, making sure the telly was in the right position, ready. Yeah. You know, all that I was prepared. It was like a whole experience, and I absolutely yeah. loved it. I wouldn't do that for every game, but I'd been waiting for Skyrim for so long. Mm. And there are other games that I would like the Fable series and any Silent Hill. It was like an experience, and I love having the books. I love all the artwork and everything. So I get what you mean. Certain games, I'm not bothered. I'll get the digital yeah. one, but. I do think there's still something really special about having that physical experience with a game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool. Um, well, I think we should move on to our last little quick topic. We've got about 10 minutes to go and we always have a little bit of a fun with, uh, let's have a little bit of fun with our next uh, topic. And it's something one I think Harriet's going to enjoy having some fun with. Let's talk about the silliness that is WWE and Twitch, shall we? Mm. So, this is the story that has been going on for the last couple of days and it's been updating every every so day at the moment. This is, uh, last week, WWE said to all its uh, active superstars that use Twitch or Cameo for fan interaction and stuff like that, yeah, they, you need to stop that now. And you've got 30 days. And let me just take this off. And uh, yeah, you've got 30 days. Basically, I would had 30 love days to see the part of the contract that let them do that. Well, this is it. The contract it, apparently it just keeps on changing. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go through. I'll go through the, the series of events here. So around yeah, last week, I... Vince McMahon, crazy man that he is in charge of WWE, and he is forever a crazy mad person. Uh, they tell superstars they, they have a, they send out a letter to all superstars saying that they can't use Twitch. Uh, obviously, uh, if they do Twitch streaming, and a lot of a lot of uh, wrestlers who don't properly appear on shows use their Twitch use Twitch to play games and interact with fans, yeah. or Cameo, which is like the personal sort of video service mm. things to do with like a shout out or a little gift, something like that. Um, and it's, it allows them to get a little bit of an extra income as well. Um, basically, they said, no, no, you can't do that now. You have to stop it by the second of October. Uh, their key argument here was they're representing characters or IPs that belong to WWE. So using their wrestling names or anything that connects them to WWE on platforms can be a PR nightmare. And you kind of, you kind of get a point. You kind of see their point there. So I think some of the things that have happened recently that have caused this is one wrestler in particular talked about getting COVID. 
uh, recently and WWE weren't particularly happy about that at all. Um, so you've got that. A better health and safety for your bloody employees. Yeah. Right? That's a whole yeah, different story. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they, there have been reports that they have never been, not been keen on people talking about having COVID symptoms or having COVID results. Because basically the moment you put that out there, WWE just go, oh no, it's a PR nightmare. It's a PR nightmare. Um, and they've, it's like WWE compare themselves to like brands like Disney or Warner Brothers. And it's like, okay, we, it's like their, their initial argument I kind of get. It's the whole sort of, there's just been random tidbits on this one. There was a period where they were saying they also own their legal names. Mm. Sorry, what? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that right. was the argument. Just, hang on, hang on. <laughs> just to clarify, yeah. just to clarify, right? Yeah. You are saying that the WWE, so like, they obviously, uh, Mankind, they own brotherly yeah. dude love they own but what yeah. they're saying is that mr mick foley yeah <laughs> did not own the name mick foley for while they were the wwe that was a key thing they've Good had a lot of updates it's incredibly nuts. There's been there's been some updates recently, and there was one yesterday. There was one yesterday. So basically, they've been told now after the W wrestlers all kicked off about all this, they've turned around and said, "Okay, you can keep YouTube and your Twitch channels, but you've got to use your real names now and not your stage mm. names." So they've gone they've gone back on that weird. Yeah. That, that's because that's going to be unenforceable otherwise, because you then yeah. enter into the whole yeah. world of what is the character and what isn't. Because yeah. you're essentially saying, otherwise you end up with a bizarre situation where you're saying, if someone goes down the shops and buy a, yeah. buys a pack of um, washing up powder, are they doing that as Mick Foley or Mankind? Mm. So. It, must be, it must be problematic for for wrestlers who use their real names as their wrestlers' names. So it's like, for example, John Cena's real name is John Cena. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, that, it's the same with uh, AJ Styles. It's short for Alan, Alan Jones you, or like that. There would there would be certain aspects that they'd be able to argue. Like if they always wear a certain costume or if they have a catchphrase, yeah. they'd yeah. be able to go, right, you can't use that. Yeah. But yeah, trying to stop someone using their legal name. Uh, we no longer live in a world of indentured servitude, technically. Mm. Yeah. Question and, for those of us who don't watch wrestling at all. Sure, um, so people who, the wrestlers. Yep. Um, are they employees of WWE? Are they like uh, they're, is they're this classes? No, contractors. Yeah, because I can kind of I can kind of see it from certain points. Because like all I can I mean again I'm going to use my own reference here because I, I don't watch wrestling. I do apologize to everyone, but I don't. Um, I was thinking back to when Jason Biggs got fired from the Ninja Turtles series because okay. he put something on his Twitter that was not child friendly. Um, yeah. And they basically said no because it, it, everyone knows who you, you are. The voice of one of the Ninja Turtles. You said something that's really, really, and it was really appropriate. Um, so he got fired, and they brought Seth Green in. And yeah. it was kind of under the understanding that if you are a character on a children's show, even though he is Jason Biggs and not Leonardo, he still shouldn't be doing things that could bring the series into disrepute. So I yeah. get that because yeah. you've got to know your audience. But I was wondering if it was the same for these. 
is they might do something that was of ill repute. But then, like you say, if they're independent it's, contractors and it's very murky about it would all like be down. Andrew was saying, I mean, if one of them goes on, you know, they're on their Facebook or they like you say, they're in the yeah. street and they it, they it, decide they go, oh, my God, I hate my phone contract they're rubbish does that they, mean that yeah. then they're going to get in trouble and there have been some loose tongues on twitter with wrestlers uh especially like seth rollins for example yeah they've i think one thing as well i mean in terms of that in that area with the wwe the last couple of months they have not really had great elements of pr from some of their wrestlers um there was mm. During the the Black Lives protest marches, you had one or two superstars who were featuring prominently on television, giving support for for Trump and kind of saying, "Yes, they must stop these, must stop the the riots and all this sort of stuff." And they were quick, they were they were kind of quickly muted off TV. But it was like mm. that was that was unnecessary attention that WWE didn't really need. Um, and then there's mm. been I don't know if you guys have been aware of the whole speaking out movement over. Um, so basically, oh, yeah, no, I heard on that one. Yeah, yeah. So they've they've had the they've had the big speaking out movement over June, and obviously it sheds light on a lot of different wrestlers in a very bad way. Some of those wrestlers who were connected to things like WWE, NXT UK, they have either been suspended or they and they haven't come back yet, or they have been that they have been sen- properly let go. There's that was essentially two- wrestling's Me Too movement, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, and. There's one or two individuals at the moment on NXT who have had very, very questionable beh- uh, activities and, and a very bad behaviour reported. Like there's, there is potential proof online about, say, messaging underage pe- underage fans or, or children or something like that. And nothing has properly been done. No. So it's kind of... It's like I, if it was like a blanket approach from WWE and a lot of things. So obviously, if they talk ill about their company or they talk ill about sponsors or that, yeah, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. They they keep that out. They need to do it on both ends, and they haven't at times. And it's very mm. very it's very contradictory. And, and in this in this particular one, I think the fact is wrestlers get more attention through doing Twitch and YouTube stuff at the moment because half of them are not even involved in active storyline mm. on the yeah. main programs. So if this is the way they connect to the fans, if this is how they raise money for charity, this is how they they get their character or gimmick over with fans, then this is this is great for them to use. Well, if going to the um, cameo thing, if this is how they keep food on their table, because as you said, yeah. half of them aren't working at the moment, yeah. So they need to make they're they're independent contractors, so they're not they're not going to be on a you know getting money off WWE because apart from anything else, Vince McMahon, mm. they need to go on cameo and they need to be making their cash so they can yeah. eat. Yeah. You know, not all not all of them are big. Not all of them are huge names. Not all of this is um, high spec, high issue like Black Lives Matter or whatever. Some of this is yeah. just basically stopping. You're telling an independent contractor what they can and can't do with their trade. Um, It's. I would be really. I'm never going to see them, but I'd be really interested to see what the actual contracts are written as. Because um, what you were saying about the Ninja Turtle um, voiceover stuff—that would be written into their contract. There would be Mm. uh, ill repute thing. There would be 
clauses brought into that. Now, that would also be um, put in the WWE contracts, but you then get in, because you've got the whole character thing, that becomes yeah. a lot more problematic a lot more complicated and you've also got a, a, a independent contractor contract is different to mm. a um an, a direct employee contract. Yeah. And I think that these guys are trying to have their cake and eat it. They're trying to treat these people like members of staff but not have them on permanent contract. And that's mm. where I've got my my biggest issue with all of this. And even I would even extend this to people expressing opinions that I find morally abhorrent on stuff like BLM and stuff like um, um, Trump and all that, it's, you're, you're basically enforcing on an independent contractor their right to have a political opinion. Um, and, you know, <laughs> you know those the, the anti-BLM and the Trump thing, you know, I, I, I really would rather see them all go down to the bottom of the sea like their flotilla did. <laughs> But you're trying to tell someone that's like me telling the guy that comes around to fix my lights, by the way, um, when you're driving home, you can't have uh, mm. whatever, you know, whatever political flag on your car. It's like, well, no, he's driving home. I'm not employed him. He's yeah. not carrying my merch. So that that's God, the WWE yeah. have got shitty employee practices. Oh, they, it's, it's, sorry. But anyway, sorry, Charlotte. Yeah. You, you were about to say something. No, I was just going to ask Harry, Harry and you, Ian, because you, you and, and Andrew, I don't know as well. Um, but Harry, you're a big fan, aren't you? Yeah. Of WWE. Yeah. So, I mean, you might understand this, or you might have a bit more of an insight in this just because, but do you think it's more like a, a knee jerk reaction that. Oh these things have popped up and they've suddenly gone, we need to... So they've just scattershotted and then realised, actually, this is probably not the best way we should do it. And now they're backpedalling. Very much, because it's it's their way of making money outside of WWE. And Vince is a businessman, Mm. so he's probably thinking, oh, well, if they're going to make money out of this, this is my, like you said, shotgun reaction. Right, so you've got 30 days to get rid of the account. Otherwise, you're suspended, Mm. fired, whatever. And then... That's them gone. Because a lot, like Ian said, a lot of wrestlers aren't wrestling because, like, storyline, they're not well, they're not relevant, etc., etc. And they have to make their money because uh, a lot of wrestlers do rely on their bookings. And now that we're in Mm. this age of the the virus kicking in, um, Mm. how are they going to make their money if they're not going to be shown on TV? And a lot of them uh, get paid per match. So if they're not wrestling yeah. and they have to make a quick buck then are go they down on, cameo go down twitch are they on exclusive contracts where they can only wrestle for one organization yes basically if you sign that's WWE, not an independent contractor fuck off <laughs> <laughs> it does sound very muddy in terms yeah. of what they are um yeah. because it, it sounds like they're indentured to the wwd yeah but yeah. without it's like it's like yeah i think like harriet was saying i think you got the nail on the head there it sounds like they want to have the benefits of if they were employees but not actually have to pay anything or be there for them as employers which Mm. again you can't really have your cake and eat it and then expect everyone to be fine with it like you say this is people's livelihoods and especially now people have got to be a lot more savvy as to where their income's coming. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, we got a, a comment from uh, Jekko3600. Uh, many people may use the get out of their contracts. Now, obviously, when they first broke the, the decision to to shut down all operations on, on these channels, there was the threat of, oh, you could be in suspended, face a fine, or get sacked. And for some reasons, they probably wouldn't have bad an eyelid on that because they're not being used. And there there are now more high, there are equally high profile companies out there that have primetime TV as well, AEW, mm. who may be happy to take them on. I think a common misconception of the time is the moment the WWE wrestler is, leaves or is released from their contract. Everyone's on AEW. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's been, well, the, the pushback was not surprising. I, I just think the whole situation again, could have been handled there from WWE. I would, it's just, it's just, I it's, would suggest, sorry. no, I'm going to suggest, like with many, many, many industries out there, um, the current situation with COVID is not changing situations, it's accelerating situations. Yeah. And I would suggest that we're going to see an acceleration of the situation of WWE not being the only game in town. And I know WWE is huge and I know WWE has been the big boy forever, but it it's, it's going to have a shit time with its monopoly if it carries on like this. Cause yeah, they're, all, they're already in a ratings war Wednesdays with, with all elite wrestling. So it's like, yeah. and they have, and they have been losing that battle. I mean, the, it seems like the plan Badly. is, well, the, the the plan might be to not go head to head. It's like, well, fair enough. I mean, they are two very contrasting products. One is kind of family friendly now. They've kind of started to edge back towards a bit of edgy television. Not attitude era edgy television, but they ha- they allow to swear a little bit more, I suppose. But whereas AEW is kind of attitude area ish, but it's just so much wrestling to catch up with, really. Um, yeah, it's it's just well, you you think about it. <laughs> The poor chumps that get the, 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 the people in the setup matches that just turn up to be chewed out and spat out by this season's big, you know, bright young thing. Yeah. They're not going to be able to go on cameo. So where's the, where's the incentive for working with the, with the WWF if you're not a super superstar? Yeah. Mm. And if you just have superstars, you're not going to have enough people, you know, not everyone can be the rock. No, no. this is true. Mm. No undercard, no show. True, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see how it goes on. It looks like it looks like with the current thing, things seem to peter down a little bit on that one. But it's just, it's like I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow if we wake up and there's another development in this bizarre story of now saying yeah. now they can't mm. now they can't appear in films that are not produced by WWE. It's like what. Because a lot, because a lot, some of, some of their stuff made films when they've been part of WWE, but they weren't produced mm. by WWE. So, mm. <laughs> I think it's a good lesson in how not to digital market yourself. Yeah. I think the problem is, is you know, a lot of marketing, and this is just from experience, a lot of marketers who are now working in the digital landscape were not originally digital marketers; they're traditional marketers, and the traditional marketing thing is to put out a a release as soon as possible to mitigate problems. But that's back when people used to read marketing and press releases in magazines and newspapers when you had time and there was feedback that came slowly. The digital marketing world does not operate like that and you can't just (laughs) ping something out there and then go, oh, actually, we didn't think about that. Let's have it back and let's do it again. 
Because the internet remembers. So I, it's... I generally wonder if someone had to explain to Vince McMahon what Twitch was. So like, what's Probably. this Twitch? Most likely. <laughs> like, Most like, likely. People play games. What games? What, like Monopoly? No, 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 video games. What, like WWE? a Mega Drive or a Genesis? <laughs> Is that, can, we, can we do stuff? No, sir. All right. No. Burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> just, just turn off this Twitch. Just turn it off. Burn I don't want to see down. it. That's a YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone uh, saying, uh, like, they want a video taken down. And they're like, well, just delete it. It's like, no, no, it's, it's on the no. internet now. Yes, we'll just no. delete it and make it go away. What the internet it never happened. I would genuinely love to be a fly <laughs> on the wall. Just 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 <laughs> I still have to admit, there, there, there are still random moments that Vince McMahon still just amazes me. There's a documentary about the last WrestleMania, which they filmed in on a closed set, and there's footage of him showing how to jump off a ledge. Yes! <laughs> yes, I have seen it. So, like, climb up over this barrier. The barrier's like... 10, 10, 12 feet in the air. So like, yeah, just climb this and then just jump off. No. What do you mean you're not jumping off? I'm <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's why you shouldn't consider steroids part of your five a day. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go watch videos of this man because he sounds... Oh, I will find the link for you. I want to say marvellous in the way that... that. Yeah. Vince, 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 Yes, yeah. lovely little, yeah. lovely little nuggets there. Uh, so yes, we do need to bring things to a close, as always, as we end every episode of the Big Stomp. We give our panelists a little time to shine and plug all the stuff that they're up to. And let's start off with Charlotte. Hello. Uh, hi, so yeah, you can find me on YouTube as the Cross-Eyed Gamer. I'm also on most other social channels. I've been having a hiatus at the moment, but we'll be gaming again soon. So you can join me for horror gaming exclusively. Yay. And now we move over to Harriet, who's doing a lot. Of, I think are you, are you taking a break from reaction videos at the moment, Harriet, or are you, oh, are you no. still you're still you're still you're still enjoying the Ninja Sex Party live game grumps live One WWE is live. One is literally. Um, it's been scheduled to upload 40 minutes ago so <laughs> yeah it, um, yeah. so I'm doing rewatch reactions of past NSP videos uh, to fill the time before their new music video comes out in October sometime which is going to be like one of the biggest videos they've made yet and um, people have been enjoying them I've had messages saying oh this is just a great way to kind of take the time off their day I suppose of watching it so that's good uh yeah I filmed six more uh a couple of weeks ago so I'm slowly editing them now they're gonna be up every Tuesday and Friday at nine o'clock GMT um but I'm gonna move it to Mondays Wednesdays Fridays to speed it up because I've got I think I've got 13 videos left to do and then Starbomb as well, because I've been requested to look at those as well. And some twerps. So it's going to be very busy in the next couple of months. So, And then also WrestleCrate as well and Magic the Gathering unboxings, because that's what all my money is pretty much going on at the moment. And SP release new merch this month sometime. So, yeah, uh, you can catch me uh, at MangoGirl232 on YouTube, Twitter and Instagram, all the same uh, URL. Lovely. And of course, Mighty Man, let's hear all about Treasure Treasure watch parties. 
Yes, uh, on Thursday we are. I'm going to be hosting the first Trash or Treasure Watch party on Twitch. Uh, it is Horror Week, so come and join us there. Eight o'clock UK time. Uh, we watch a movie. We vote whether it's trash or treasure. I then write up something and put that on the Trash or Treasure blog. Uh, the only rule we have is if you start it, you must finish it. Uh, then there's the normal, all the stuff I found to watch. Uh, stuff on trash or treasure uh there will be another big stomp uh the last did we say tuesday or wednesday which it's day we wednesday now right the last wednesday of the month uh we're gonna have the big the regular big stomp um at eight o'clock uh what else am i doing i'm generally maintaining the super fortress uh helping with the needlessly aggressive uh products and uh generally living the wonderful life so yeah lovely and of course there's a lot of stuff happening on Twitch this week tomorrow it's Film Raw so you can find out me and Christian's thoughts on Mulan uh, Thursday as we just heard it will be the Treasure Treasure Watch Party Friday I'm doing Virtual Quiz Smash so come on on ch- come to the Twitch channel you can all take part let's see who gets the most points I'm going to give you at least 100 questions quick fun to answer questions as well you might know some you might not it's going to be been interesting we'll see how we get along it's the first time we do virtual quiz smash so we'll see how we go because normal quiz smash will be back at the end of the month where charlotte and lizzie will be co-defending their crowns against two new contestants who i i need to go and go and go and enlist go and enlist and that sort of stuff <laughs> and, i have uh, offered <laughs> well you're, you're saying some questions next time <laughs> oh yeah true <laughs> But if I write the questions, I've got a chance of getting at least some of them right. <laughs> I can get I can get full ten points, and then Eliminator comes up and bollocks. <laughs> um, but yes, there's also lots of content on bunkers.co.uk podcast, so you can also enjoy podcasts such as Real History UK, Binges and Box Sets, uh, Hustlers of Culture, and also read the Trash or Treasure reviews. There's even some upcoming film reviews coming up soon because the ranking man has just reviewed deep blue sea free which i'm surprised even exists and there is also, uh, hopefully soon coming very very soon will be a review of william shatner's latest uh horror fest extraordinaire the tomb devil's revenge or demon's revenge i can't, oh. I can't remember the title of my head but as always you can support us on facebook twitter and twitch with bunkerzilla uk if you're able to subscribe to the channel, it's a great, it will be wonderful. It's a wonderful way to support the channel and allows us to bring you new content and continue to stomp on for many months to go. It's September, so you can join with a new subscription at a discounted price. So take advantage of it and sign up and give us a bunkerzilla roll. It'll be lovely. But until next time, thank you very much for watching. Thank you to my guests, Regzy Man, Charlotte and Harriet, and to all you lovely people for watching. So until next time, Stomp on Monsters of Culture. Stomp on. Bye-bye.